This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne. You didn't see, Matthew, I made a mistake last episode. You made a mistake. I I don't know, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that your your humble host, DJ Payne, made a mistake. I put the episode out, um, you know, because I know everyone, um, you know, thinks that we have a team of people doing everything, Mm. labour around the clock. Look, let me just pull back the veil a little bit. You know, (laughs) Matthew breezes in, (laughs) talks on the microphone and breezes back out. Everything else is left up to me. Uh, And that's fine. That's fine. This This is what we do. So I was in a mad rush doing a whole bunch of stuff and I put the episode out last the last episode episode number 34 the unfulfilled life Mm. and i made a spelling error i put out the episode and you might have this dear listener you might have this it's supposed to say the unfulfilled life i have corrected it but for a lot of people who went out there as the unfilled life oh right okay yeah yeah not quite slightly different meaning to what we were talking about uh, so that was my adventures in the last episode, making a spelling mistake. So. Yeah, and as we record this, we haven't really had the opportunity to get feedback. No, because it's uh, just gone that. out. Yeah, we're yeah. recording in a little slightly different schedule uh, on the back end here. But uh, we we had a really interesting time talking about the Christian perspective, the Christian worldview of <clears throat> basically to sum up the sum up last week's uh, last the last episode was looking for fulfilment. In this final, world. final, ultimate fulfillment, yeah, yeah, in, in, which is which is the, isn't that the sort of cult of our culture? Yes, is all about uh, self. Ev- everything is now, you know. Yes, right here, right now. Mm. Fulfill yourself. That's right. Follow so, your dreams. That's right. So it's really an, an attempt to recover a biblical worldview, where the emphasis is on now is about mission. Yes. Uh, we do our job, yeah. but ultimately fulfillment, um, that there's an element of fulfillment through this age as, yeah. uh, as Jesus promises about the coming of the kingdom of God yes. are fulfilled, but that's not, there's no finality until Jesus returns. Yeah. So the, the, you know, the idea that ultimate fulfillment can never be had uh, in this life because we're always going to be dying. We're always going to be imperfect. This world is always going to be corrupt until Jesus Christ comes until we are resurrected, yeah. and uh, and there is a new heavens and the new earth. Yeah, the Christian it's all pers- unfinished the, and imperfect. The Christian perspective that the apostles lay lay out for us, and that Paul lays out for us, is that we are aliens and strangers. Yeah, this world is not our home. That's right. Do we, not love the world. John our, says our hope is in Jesus Christ, yeah. and our inheritance, our ultimate yeah. inheritance, yeah. what we are made for and designed for, and where we are heading, is not of this world. So to look for any fulfillment down here in this present age is ultimately... Yes, that, and, and that is fulfillment in the things of this world. Yes. Because, of course, there's, there's an, uh, uh, our, our ultimate fulfillment, of course, is in what, uh, what God has done and is doing. Mm. But even that only comes to ultimate fulfillment yeah. still in the future. So, exactly. you know, we, we uh, quoted from Romans 8, which talks about that groaning inwardly longing for what God is about to bring and, mm. and that, that come Lord Jesus perspective of mm. the early church is so, uh, so important. And it drives us into this missional way of living. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's really important. So coming, launching off that, yeah. uh, I, I suggested uh, a topic in the midst of that that came up, and and I got you to write it down, which I'm glad you did because I rang you up and said, "What was that topic that I suggested in the middle of the episode?" Exactly. Um, so introduce the topic to us. Well, I'm glad you asked. It is uh, from my scratchy notes that I found uh, from last uh, last recording. The, you, you threw out there the phrase, "the myth of progress." Mm. And I think that's a great topic for for this discussion. Yeah, it is. Um, it's it's an important concept in our culture, actually, because there is this. Um, we live in a, a dominantly secular culture. Mm-hmm. According to statistics, most people still believe in God, but the culture itself is uh, is largely a secular one. So yeah. we don't uh, have reference to. Anything beyond the here and now. This is an important aspect of our culture. Everything is about the here and now. We don't. We tend not to acknowledge 
um, uh, any other dimension uh, to life. And so all of the goals of our culture have to then be here and now, you know, point of references have to be that there can be no ideals beyond the, beyond what is yes. naturally uh, so what is natural is just the that's the way that it is and that's mm-hmm. the way that it should be so there's no there's no ideal uh, um, there is also no external goal or external um, sort of assessment you know there's there's no judge to stand before there's no yes. externally um, ordained purpose in, in it that this is the secular um, of course yeah. it's not the Christian worldview this no. is the secular worldview so what that means is that inevitably in our culture there is this undying belief in progress of some kind mm. of working towards some kind of us- utopia human beings can't live without hope in something mm. we have to hope in something and uh, and in different ways uh, hope for some kind of utopia. Yes. Whether it's uh, the sort of capitalist idea of progress, mm-hmm. uh, or or th- there's another sort of progress, which is the kind of socialist social dream of the yep. uh, um, you know the socialist project of the, on on both whichever side of politics there are utopias. And I don't want to talk politics mm. uh, today, but but. There are different kinds of utopias out there. And what I want to point out is that it's inevitable that that's going to be the case. In the absence of any divinely revealed goal, mm-hmm. and of course that's what we have in Scripture, mm-hmm. um, uh, there is still this longing. And I, in fact, I, I would suggest that this that we have this innate de- sense that there must, there is a right, there is an ultimate right. Yes. <laughs> this is the yep. strange con- contradiction in this secular way of thinking because it it cancels out any um, reference to transcendence. Mm-hmm. And yet we still have some ultimate sense, innate sense, that there is, a, there is something which is ultimately right. Yeah. And, and we want to work towards that. But see, we, we, we want to work towards that our, in our own way. Just like the builders of the Tower of Babel in yeah. Genesis chapter eleven, um, uh, we're going to make a name for ourselves. Even though God had created them to be created in the image of God mm. and to rule over the earth mm. in His stead, no, but they they were going to do it on their own. Thanks very much. Mm. Uh, we're going to be like gods. We're going to rule our own environment. We're going to make a name for ourselves. Yes. Independence and autonomy was the name of the game. That's what the symbol of the Tower of Babel um, stands for. Now. Um, it, as soon as we separate ourselves from God's purpose, we're locked into Tower of Babel building mentality. Yeah. Like it's always going to be there. This is not something that just happened. Mm-hmm. It's something that's been happening mm-hmm. uh, ever since Cain went out and built the first city. Yes. So that the that that uh, Genesis eleven narrative is connected into Cain, mm-hmm. who is uh, you know that next step in the alienation from God goes out and builds the first city. And, and, uh, and, and so that's about, you know, and in those days, cities are walled cities and that looks like me against you. And it's, it's the autonomous way of thinking, Mm -hmm. because if I'm going to be an autonomous, if I'm going to live an autonomous life and you're going to live an autonomous life Mm. at some point, our, our autonomy is going to come into conflict, (laughs) you know, but, but if it's about living according to God's purpose, we can be completely united in that. Um, Even, even in our differences. Yeah, that's right. So, so this tower of Babel building mentality Mm. is always going to be with us. And I would suggest that in our, culture in different ways um we 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 are still trying to build a tower of babel Mm. and and i think it has a lot to do with um belief now uh in our own abilities um it's interesting in fact in the tower of babel episode um god's response is that if speaking the same language they've begun to do this Mm. um you know it's if they get if they can get together and do things in, in and rebel in this yep. way, then nothing yep. will be impossible, you know. Yep. And increasingly in a globalized society uh, where human beings are trying to reverse the curse of the Tower of Babel in their own way, whenever God is doing something, the kingdom of the principalities and powers of this dark world will do something yes. to mimic it, right? Yeah. So we've been looking in the book of Acts in our uh, sister podcast, Thrive Deeper. We've yes. been looking at how the 
Genesis, uh, uh, sorry, Genesis, uh, Acts chapter 2 and the speaking in different languages and they, they could all understand each other. Yeah. Okay. This is a sign of the kingdom that's going to unite people, mm. the kingdom of God uniting, you know, disparate peoples. Mm-hmm. It's the reversal of the Tower of Babel. I love it. What's happening in the world at the same time is that uh, the world is uniting in its own way, under its own power. Yeah. And generally this and is... And in the book of Acts, that's... That's right. That's the Roman, you know, the Roman Empire. That's right. Uh, but, um, you know, now we're, you know, looking at a globalized world and this undying belief in human mm. ability to solve our own problems. Now, a classic uh, expression of this uh, that I read recently is by Steve Pinker, who's a, who's a great advocate of... Um, this idea of progress, and it's a book called Enlightenment Now, and it's his <laughs> argument for uh, for progress um, and from a non-Christian worldview. Fr- Absolutely, from yeah. a non-Christian <laughs> worldview. I just, had to, I just had to throw yeah, that in yeah, there. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent atheist point of view. So um, he is making an argument for uh, the a, a continuing enlightenment. Now, let me explain. What is meant by enlightenment? Because yeah. enlightenment is a term that refers to uh, a stage in history mm. in the West, in the Western world, mm-hmm. in which, um, well, it was coined the Enlightenment by Enlightenment thinkers because they saw that uh, this it, there was a move away from received authority and traditional all forms of received authority, traditional wisdom, mm-hmm. all forms of revelation were thrown out, um, and human reason becomes the center. Okay. Yeah. We are going to we can, you know, solve our own problems through the exercise of human now, ingenuity and. This thought. is a period of time in Europe, mostly yep, you know, predominantly right. Europe, and what years? What you know, a couple of centuries. Are uh, we talking from about fifteen hundred? You know, from mm. sorry, sixteenth century, fifteen hundreds onwards. Yes. So this begins, roughly speaking, with the scientific revolution, Galileo, Francis Bacon. Interestingly, Francis Bacon comes up with a notion of knowledge that differed from before. He even changes. He begins to change what we even call knowledge, right. right? And so what he says is that knowledge, famously, Francis Bacon, um, British philosopher, says knowledge is power, which means that the only thing that really counts as knowledge is the knowledge by which we control something and manipulate mm. something. Mm-hmm. So that's what it means to understand. Uh, so uh, we... Um, we gain knowledge to manipulate and control our environment. Now, notice this is also copying because, of course, we were put in charge. We mm. were given authority over the world. Mm. But Francis Bacon, and and he's kind of doing this is the problematic thing here because he's doing this within a Christian society, mm. and he's even doing this as a Christian. But he's saying, this is us retrieving what we lost. Mm. But the problem with what he's saying, he's saying, you know, we need to regain dominion over the earth. Yeah. Now he's saying we're going to do this by um, controlling the world, right? Yeah, and and yeah. even, you know, there are the forms of politics that were uh, kind of um, popular. It was all about control, not authority in the God-ordained uh, yeah. sense, which is very much about serving and being, you know, you know you, I mean, much more relational. This is about controlling. And so you get this, um, you get this idea of human beings autonomous uh, in our own, you know, in a sense, um, reaching uh, or achieving what we were originally given to do in Genesis, but in our own right, yep. autonomously without God. This is the Tower of Babel uh, all over again. This is the Tower of Babel all over again, yeah. and and there's no there's no um, doubt that because uh, I, I don't want to cast aspersions on science wholesale here, no. because um, uh, I, th- I think that's important because there was. You know, human beings have a God-given potential. Yes. And we see that realized throughout history. Yes. And we see that realized in good ways, but it's the problem is is, is part of a bigger yeah. autonomous agenda. That's the problem. So, yeah. so just because you can point to ways in which progress has been really good, but what's the bigger mm. agenda mm. Uh, in 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 the hands of which that progress uh, sits. So maybe we should define, because define progress, because I'm guessing that some people would be hearing us talk about progress and they're really yeah, okay. wondering, confused about where, let, let me, what, yeah, what, okay. what are we talking about? So let, let me just finish, I'll just let me finish with the enlightenment oh, yeah. for a okay. moment, uh, because this is an important idea. So you have this, 
you have this increasing philosophical enlightenment, mm-hmm. it's autonomy of hu- human reason. What also happens, and we've talked about this in a um, in a previous podcast, but what also happens is that there is a, what happens then is that there's a relational problem. So there's human beings, and then there's the world, <clears throat> us on the one, there's the world on the other, and each other. In mm. fact, this comes out as well, and. We are, and this kind of begins around the time of Descartes, so early, 16, you know, around 1600 mark. Um, the world is defi- divided into the autonomous subject and everything else's objects, right? So when I become, isolate myself as the, uh, as the autonomous subject, mm. I then treat everything else's objects, including the world. Mm. In fact, I treat the whole of reality as an object to understand and control and... Mm. And so you get this separation of the world in in enlightenment thought uh, into subject ob- subjects and objects. It's a famous problem in yeah. philosophy, and a lot of twentieth uh, century philosophy uh, critis- has has quite rightly criticised this. In, 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 interestingly, beginning in the nineteenth century with a Christian philosopher called Soren Kierkegaard. Yeah, and I did my doctoral work on Soren Kierkegaard. So this is. <laughs> Uh, this is your, this your is, home turf. Yeah, this here. is my home turf. Okay. <laughs> and, and I mean, Kierkegaard critiqued that agenda, like this philosophical, basically the Enlightenment philosophical agenda, because he said it's like we're basically, he outright said, we, we, we're, who do we think we are? We're, we're pretending to be gods here, yeah. gods who can uh, sit outside of existence mm. and look in and we create elaborate philosophies of everything, right? Yeah. Uh, the idea of the subjective yeah, it's like, in a nutshell, yeah. this is reality. It's like, hang on, who who do we think we are? Yeah, Playing yeah. God like we can stand outside of reality and and describe it, and you know, and and it's this idea of ma- of knowledge as mastery. We're going to master this thing, and even you know, even today, if you get a if you uh, excel in an, in an area or certain point, you get a master's degree. You yeah. master that area. And Kierkegaard points out, no, we don't master anything. <laughs> you know, it's God that masters us. We are part of reality. Yes. And we can only know through the right kind of uh, subjective standpoint, which for him is faith. Yeah. Uh, it's it's about being rightly relation, related to God, which means understanding we're not God. God is God. So anyway, and it, so that, that actually begins a protest movement against this uh, sort of um, – this idea of treating everything like objects and and where the so that enlightenment way of thinking yeah it it starts a sort of protest to that now that protest goes its own way because it becomes known as existentialism and you get uh, you you know you you get an atheist form of existentialism anyway that gets complicated there but um but what we what we have now we we live in this world uh, and in, in this society where um, everything uh, has a sort of relative value. Um, in in terms of that, that we have a tendency to treat everything and everyone like objects, um, yeah. And uh, no matter what system, no matter what side of politics, not about politics. It's like across the board uh, because we're all trying to be autonomous individual. Mm. So I'm the autonomous in- individual, and you're an object. Essentially, this is a caricature, but it's it's generally true. Mm. You're an object that either helps me or doesn't help me or gets in my way or yep. uh, in my in my quest for personal fulfillment mm-hmm. and, and personal mastery of my circumstances and, and my prog- myself. My progress as a yeah, human being. That's right. And uh, my progress as human. As, yeah. and, and then, but all of this needs, has to have some context in which it occurs. You know, this group of autonomous individuals, there, there has to be some system that uh, where we can believe for me to have hope um, I have to believe that the system that I'm in is going to get better and not crash right Um, so so I need to be walking on firm ground and that uh, and so we have different ways of believing in progress brings us back to Steve Pinker okay so what he's saying in enlightenment now he's saying we need to stick to these values like we can do it we can solve our problems and and he he um, he shares a, I mean a whole lot of example, and basically the argument is based on a whole lot of examples of where uh, the scientific revolution has solved lots of problems, and it's not difficult to prove, right? Yeah. It's it's uh, it's easy to prove because we are we have become powerful, and we can use that power for good, right? Yeah. But from a and this is this is perspectives, right? Christian perspectives. So, mm-hmm. but from a Christian perspective, that what seems to be a good thing what it, what is you know uh, and we're we're curing diseases and we're we're uh you know we're, we're 
helping um, people. Yeah, we're helping people. There's lots of good things going. I don't deny that, although uh, his a lot of his statistics uh, have been called into question, and I think he <laughs> over uh, overstates his uh, optimism um, beyond what is credible. That's been the criticism. But anyway, but the point is, is that this is happening within something more problematic. Mm. Uh, that there is a there is a from a theological point of view. Um, it's the, it's the power that we have, mm. and what we're doing with that power, that is deeply, deeply problematic. Uh, it's something that's not making relationships better. Uh, it's it's a, it's a further fall away from our relationship with God, and mm. it's not helping our relationship with our environment. Mm. So, so from a Christian worldview perspective, there are three things of concern. Number one. High number one, our relationship with God, yes. then our relationship with one another, and our relationship with our environment, the mm. world over which we were put in charge. All of that in this account of progress, all of that is deeply under threat. Mm. All of those relationships. And and it's not only Christians that have pointed this this out. Now, um, yeah. uh, let me pause there. Are you okay. with me so far? Yeah, yeah, Am I making sense? No, you are. You are. You've set. You've <clears throat> set the groundwork really, really well about what you're passionate about in this and what you, where your thinking is. You know, historically, around it. I, I do think we need to, you know, because some people. I'll, I'll put it this way: with a title, we put. We're putting this episode out there with the title, "The Myth of Progress." Yeah. Right. There's going to be two types of listeners straight mm. off off the bat. There are going to be people like me, who go progress you think the world is getting better are you joking yeah. and you know have you seen what is in yeah. the news have you seen where culture is going have you seen where everything is where entertainment's going yeah of course the world is fundamentally getting worse and worse and worse it's a it's a you know to, to yeah. coin the popular phrase yeah, or, a, or, but it's subtle i mean because because some some no, accounts the, the, uh, of that i i think uh also can be refuted i'm talking from a very big I'm talking, did, the again, fall didn't just happen once. We're still falling. Yes, yes, I, I understand that. Yeah. But I'm talking about the average person who listens to the yeah. to a word progress. They go, "Are you joking? It's not. There's no progress, right? They they see it as yeah, as, yeah. as a the world is just a dumpster fire and a, you know let it burn." Yeah, although I would say that I I think even people that say that intellectually don't. Act don't like really, it's true, yeah, but anyway, yeah, 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 no, yeah. No, I like yeah. that point, and I, I and the same can be true for the other side of the coin, where people are like, "No, everything's getting better." You know, like, yeah. look, we're solving, we're solving this. We're bringing people out of poverty. We're rights for this group, rights for that group. You know, we're recognizing, you know, these cultural norms, and yeah. everyone has a right, and everyone's getting promoted, and everyone's it's great and great, and everything's better. Progress, progress, yeah. progress. And and the thing is that both are true in a sense. So yes. So within a, you know, th- th- there is there is progress in in one sense, um, like. Um, yeah, th- th- and we see that, but it's within a broader agenda that is part of a further fall away from God. Because what we see from Genesis chapter three onwards is not just one fall and then we're, at, you know, no. and then things uh, gradually get better. Yeah. No, there's this increasing fall away. But and here's the the, the reason, because I might be accused of being, you know, very negative here, and uh, well. Um, the the darker the shadows, the brighter the light, mm-hmm. uh, and the brighter the light, the darker the shadows. Well, the, the light shines brightest in the darkest places, also. And mm-hmm. and I think um, what this highlights is the fact that there's only one sure, indomitable purpose in this yeah. world, yeah. and that is the coming of the kingdom of God, yes. which even now is coming in this world. You know, Jesus said the yeast will spread through the dough, this little seed, parable of the mustard seed, mm-hmm. will become the great tree. That's happening. Yes. That's the hope of the world. And, and that's what I want to draw attention to. This links to the last episode. Yeah. Uh, because we put far too much hope in here and now, right, for the final fulfillment of all of our dreams and desires. Yes. When, no, no, now is about kingdom mission, right? Mm. And uh, because the world system of which Paul, of which John says, do not love the world. He's not saying people, yes, not saying course. don't love people. He's saying do not love the world as in the world system. Uh, that's all passing away, as he says, you know. So um, uh, it's, and but we see in the book of Revelation that in one sense it does get more powerful. Yes. 
you, the we, world I, system. The, yeah, the world system in, yes. in a sense. Yes. Uh, it yeah. becomes more powerful I and more we're, compelling. We're, we're, I think we're living... To the point where it looks like miraculous things are happening. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, depending on how you read that, uh, in, to an ancient culture, there are things that we do now that are what would be like miracles yeah. to, uh, to ancient peoples. So to move on, so, I mean... Uh, you know, Steve Pinker is making this argument, you know, we can, we're doing this, we can solve all our problems. Someone who's more uh, straight up about this is someone I've quoted from before is Yuval Noah Harari in his book Homo Deus is based on the premise. And he says it straight out that we are now becoming what in ancient times uh, only the gods yep. were uh, you know, w- able to there, do. there are certain yeah. things that we're, we're doing now, I should say, that in ancient times only the gods were seen as doing. So yeah. he says we're moving in the premise of, of Yuval Noah Harari. And I'm, again, I'm not, I'm talking about these authors mm. are thought leaders in the world today. They're selling yes. the best selling multi million yes. of copies of yes. books across the world. Influencing culture. Influencing culture. So, you know, Yuval Noah Harari is saying we're moving from Homo sapiens to homo deus we're becoming gods mm. now if that's not a blatant uh, and again he's coming from an atheistic atheistic of point course. of view yeah yeah he's another believer in progress we mm. can do it we can solve our own problems even extending life and doesn't i mean he admits that there are lots of problems yes. that are going to come with that but we can overcome those problems he thinks so so there, that's sort of the ground rules i guess mm. i guess the very basic question as we go in here like we talk about a myth of progress is, you know, what, as far as the world goes, what are, what's the goal? What are we progressing to? Yeah, it's a good question. And as a Christian, you know, can we talk about progress? Are we progressing towards yeah. something? Yeah, so um, good question. With an idea of progress, you have to have a sense of what you're progressing to. And this mm. is a little uh, ambiguous. I mean, uh, you know, um, Steve Pinker would talk about just general well-being of the most. It's a, it's quite utilitarian. Utilitarian is the idea of the greatest good for the greatest number. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know the general well-being, improvement of life of, well, for him, it's it's human beings. Yuval Noah Harari would would say it has to be for all creatures. Um, okay. Uh, now, as Christians, we totally believe in human well-being and the well-being of all creatures so we agree with that the question is what is the way the route we're going to get to that yeah so uh, as christians though we also have a notion of progress and we believe that things are progressing it's very important that we're not defeatist as christians but we don't but not this world uh we're talking about the kingdom of god progressing right so remember there there are two kingdoms i mean you know Mm. augustine's famous um illustration was there is the city of god and the city of man Uh, and the city of god is in opposition to the city of man and Mm. and so uh so the kingdom of god is progressing jesus promised that it would be like yeast spreading throughout the whole dough it would be like a seed that becomes a great tree in the parable of the weeds and the wheat but this and this is an important one both the weeds and the wheat the weeds stand for the kingdom of this world uh, and the wheat stands for the kingdom of God. Mm. As time progresses through this age, both both, grow. both will grow to fruition. Okay, yeah. Yeah. so uh, but there will come that moment when Jesus returns, when the weeds will be uprooted, mm. then and thrown into the furnace, and and uh, the righteous will inherit the earth. Okay, yeah. so that's the picture that Jesus gives us in the parable of the weeds and the wheat. So we believe in progress, but not the progress of this world system. We believe in the progress of the kingdom of God. Yeah. So, you know, we should take seriously what Jesus said when he said, seek first the kingdom of God. Otherwise you're backing a losing, you're backing something that's losing. You're building a house on the sand, sand. Yeah. you know? So, uh, so the idea there is make sure you're fighting in this army. Make sure, you, make sure you're on this team. Make sure you're investing in the kingdom of God because it, that is the only sure thing uh, in the world today. Now, uh, so that's, I think that's important that there's, a, there's an, a great optimism in the New Testament about the future. It's not, but it's optimism about the kingdom of God. It's not it's about like, the kingdom of this world. It's, it's basically you're fleshing out what we talked about last episode. What do we actually put our hope in? Yeah. Like we, human beings, we have to have hope to, yeah. to, to function. What are we hoping in? Well, the, the Christian hope is in 
the person Jesus Christ, what that's he's right. done, and, and his gospel. That's right. And that hope extends beyond the here and now, and that's the important thing. Yeah. Because we we get so we buy into that worldview that's about the here and now, and you need to fulfill all your dreams and all of those things that you desire need to be fulfilled in this in this life you need mm. to meet the partner and have the you know and ha- have the business and have the you know a- and have the lifestyle and have the you know it's have yes. have have it come to full fulfillment ultimate fulfillment in this life mm. um now actually uh, the biblical vision extends beyond this life mm. it frames this life as mission this is about mission you need to prepare even to suffer and die for that mission um, uh, and f- ultimate fulfillment is beyond this life in the yeah. biblical uh, in the biblical worldview now even in this life we have ultimate joy and ultimate peace and there is a sense of contentment, but it's 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 a contentment in our relationship with God and what we have in Christ, mm. not in the way that the world is. No. As we look at the world, we of all people should be discontent about the way the world is. Yes. Uh, and and we should allow, you know, when you've been warmed by the blessings of God, you feel the cold hand of this dysfunctional world ever more cl- keenly. Mm. So we above all, you know, as Paul points out, are groaning inwardly. Because we don't accept what's happening, the world is is going the wrong way, and 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 there is, um, you know, the power of lawlessness, as Paul says in uh, Thessalonians, is at work in the in the world system, and yes, uh, and and he's not he's not talking about conspiracy theories. He's he's talking about uh, he's talking about the human or agenda mm. to autonomy. Ta- that that the, is at, at work. The, the, the Tower of Babel that yeah, is that's in every, right. every man's that's heart. That's the system. Yeah. It's the, ta- we, the, the world system is a tower, built, is a tower building system. Yeah. Tower of Babel building system. And, and again, we, we want to go, we love to talk about bigger, you know, talk about government, governments and entities and everything like that. Yeah. But the truth is that it is true for everybody's heart individually. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. It, it, yeah. You know, Let's the, not generalize yeah. in a way that doesn't touch us. And so we actually have to be intentional about which are we going to build a Tower of Babel? Are we going to build our kingdom mm. or are we going to build the kingdom of God? Because this is where we as Christians uh, end up, can really end up buying into the wrong kingdom. We can become members of the wrong kingdom. Now, Ooh. we need to be in the world, but not of the world. I, I, lo- I, love, I love that question. I love that question, Matt. Let's take a quick break and really we'll, we'll come back and we'll really go into depth into, you know, what kingdom are we actually living into? What progress are we buying into? This is good. You're, you're with DJ Matt. This is Thrive Perspectives. We're talking about the myth of progress. We're going to take a break. Keep on listening. Got some very important information for you. We'll be back in just a moment. Thrive family, it's your old mate DJ here, and I'm interrupting this episode of Thrive Perspectives, where Matthew and I are talking about the myth of progress, and I want to give you something today that will actually help you in real spiritual progress, progress in your own personal life. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the book, Deeper Places, by our very own Matthew Jacoby. This is a book about the spirituality of the Psalms. It's the new second edition, the expanded edition, and you've heard me talking about it before on previous episodes, but this is my final time to offer this to you for half off. 50% off, it's usually $20, you can have it for $10 when you use the coupon code THRIVE. Now this book is a, a brilliant book about how we are to go deeper spiritually, actually really deeper spiritually with God and how the book of Psalms is like a roadmap to take us deeper. Now, I've told you that this is the expanded edition and in this expanded edition, Matthew's revised it and he's also added a complete chapter about what we would call the imprecatory Psalms. Now, that's a bit of a big word, but the Psalms in the Bible that deal with vengeance and anger makes us feel uncomfortable. Well, Matthew has a whole chapter about that, about anger and anger management. I want to read you part of that chapter. Matthew writes, In the imprecatory Psalms, we get to eavesdrop 
on very honest and fiery conversations with God by people who experience the most extreme forms of evil. They are taking their anger to God, lest they be tempted to take things into their own hands. The psalmist in the imprecatory psalms are giving their rights to take vengeance over to God. These psalms are enshrined in scripture as an example to us of what we must do with our anger. They are honest expressions of how people felt. These kinds of psalms are not ecstatic expression of timeless ideals. There are other psalms that do this. Imprecatory psalms, however, along with other kinds of psalms of complaint, are doing something different. They are showing how we can get to those ideal states of being. In the imprecatory psalms, process is everything. The process is gritty for sure, but this process is also deliberate. The psalmists are always guided by God's law and drawn by God's promises. But ultimately, they are simply and honestly crying out to God, and there is no limitations on this. I love that paragraph from Matthew's book, Deeper Places. It's full of great wisdom and practical advice as we take our spiritual life on that roadmap through the Psalms. Now, the book can be yours. This is our final time we're offering it to you for half off. 50% can be all yours. It's Australia only. If you go to thrivetoday.tv, look for listener special offer. We'll have a link in the show notes of this episode. Click on that. Add it to your card, use the coupon code THRIVE, and it's 50% off, $10 only. Order a bunch for some presents, go to town. All right, that's enough from me. Let's get back into the myth of progress on this episode of Thrive Perspectives. Perspectives, DJ and Matt here. Uh, on our 35th episode, we're talking about the myth of progress. And Matt, you've 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 given us a historical look there of where this idea of uh, you know this um, you know humanist way of thinking about progress mm. and how it's actually opposed to the gospel's idea, mm. you know, to Jesus's idea of what progress really is. Yeah. And this idea of the two kingdoms, you yeah. know, the two kingdoms, yeah. you know, standing opposed there, and we who are who are, you know, saying that we are Christians, we're following the word of God and wanting to be a part of Christ's kingdom. Yeah. Well, some days we can wake up and we find out that our we've made our bed actually in the wrong kingdom here. Yeah, we've, that's right. yeah. we've camped in the wrong area. Well, we, we have to recognize there's enor- there is enormous pressure internally and externally. Mm. I mean, it's so strong, such a strong thing within us to want to come to f- final fulfillment. Uh, but there's also this strong inclination for us to want to do it in our own way, autonomously. Yeah. And you actually have to really resist that. You know, and there are lots of voices and even sort of pseudo-Christian voices that are pointing, you know, it's all about here and now and, and you can, you know, realize your ultimate dreams here and yeah. now. And and, yeah. um, and there's always elements um, of truth in that, but I believe there can also be the danger of a bigger... Um, move towards something that actually can be quite damaging and that is for us to lose our hope and hope means the longing for what god is bringing about yeah now if you're thinking well, actually this is i kind of like this yeah i like what i'm doing here i feel like i'm getting somewhere then you're going to lose your hope because hope is about you know it's it's that you know the we who have the as paul says in romans 8 we who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait you know and, and he says by this hope we're yeah. saved yeah in other words, it's recognizing the fact that the world system's going in the wrong direction, <laughs> that we wrest ourselves away from it. Mm. Uh, you know, we need to wake up to that and we put our hope in the kingdom of God um, to make sure that we're sowing in the right direction. So it's uh, very we're, important. Does, does this, does, does it, you know, looking at the historical thing of enlightenment, of, 
you know, thinking about progress and thinking of hope, does that color, because I keep, as you're talking, I keep thinking, you know, of people's view of the end of the world, like the Christian view of the end of the world, the Christian view of eschatology, you know, and for some people, you know, and I I don't want to go, I mean, there's a whole other conversation we can have around this, but for some people, again, they'll be listening to you who have a view of, you know, uh, um, a very evangelical, modern evangelical, you know, way of um, thinking about the, you know, the book of Revelation and how things are going to end. And, you know, going back to, you know, the, the 70s sort of hippie movement, like, it's all going to burn, man. You know, we're on a sinking ship. Just, you know. Yeah. Think, well, some of that, that's right. And some of that. Ign- but, but then there's another opposing view of, no, the church is going to usher in. We're already in the millennial and we're all in the millennium yeah. and everything's going to get better and the church is going to do this and it's going to get better and better and better and the church is overtaking Yeah, but see, neither of those views are, were actually established in theology. They're, they're, yeah. they're um, distortions of And I'm, of and I'm being very caricature. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm painting a big so caricature. So amongst, amongst all of the eschat- eschatological views, uh, no one would disagree with the things that, that like the, what I'm saying is fundamental to all of those. 100%. In, in the sense that, you know, all of those worldviews believe that, uh, you know, the go- gospel will go out to all of the nations, that there will that the kingdom of God will come to fruition in some sense. Yes. Um, and, and of course, th- there are different accounts of the order and the, and the specifics, yeah. but they all believe that Jesus will return, bring that to culmination, bring judgment, there'll be a resurrection of the dead and a new heavens and the new earth. Yeah. There are slightly different ways of, of seeing that, but this is, this is a Christian fundamental, so it's not something that... Uh, that so you is you coloured so much by th- those different perspectives. Okay, so I'm, I'm working at a more general level here. Okay, okay. So, uh, yeah. so, uh, so this the, isn't about a millennial, post millennial. Uh, you know, uh, no, 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 no. You no, know, pre millennial. But, but do you think? But do you think your worldview would influence that? Uh, or, well, or, well or, yeah, but but uh, what I'm arguing for is a Christian worldview hmm. that that doesn't change much depending on what your particular es- eschatological leaning okay. is. You know. Okay. Because, because again, this is the age of the kingdom of the ingathering of the nations. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's, the, that's the, you know, I know I don't think anyone disagrees with that. Yep. Jesus is going to return. I mean, they're, they're, that on the whole is is part of all of those different views. Mm-hmm. There will be judgment. There will be a resurrection of the dead, and there will be a new heavens and a new earth. But all of those things are part of the. Amen. But but uh, you know, and again, I'm talking about a tradition I grew up in that that some people will be be echoing is. Well, it's going to get a lot better, a lot, a lot worse before it gets better. Yeah, but again, that that can be part of any uh, of any tradition because, uh, in terms of the kingdom of this world, uh, even if you are a that there is still this sense in which things are going to get worse before things get better. Okay, you know, so so uh, you, you could say that the kingdom of God is going to. Uh, is going to advance and, and the, you know, the nations, you know, the gospel will go out to the nations. Yes. So that that will be successful. Jesus, yeah. uh, you know, the yeast will spread right through the dough. Yeah. But while that's happening, while while the wheat is growing, or the weeds also are growing. Yes. So it's not that, it's not... One or uh, the other. Yeah, it's not one or the other. Things will be getting stronger with the kingdom of God, mm. but also stronger and, and, you know, and they will come to fruition Kingdom of God will come to fruition. Kingdom of the world will come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So they're not mutually exclusive. Often people yeah. say, are things going to get better or worse? Yes. Both, because <laughs> the brighter the light, the darker the shadows. I, yeah, I hear you. Know, you. I yeah. hear so, I, I so guess, I guess, I guess when you're talking about progress, some people, you know, some people in the church, and again, now we're just going to the church, like, you know, are, are applauding and clapping and saying, oh, man, things are getting better in a lot of different ways, you know, in different ways they would measure it, in an earthly way, in an earthly yeah. way. And then there are, there are, there is a big part of the church that would be, you know, arguing for the opposite. Like culturally things are getting worse, you know, there's more sin, blah, 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 you know. And th- that's part of their worldview of, of, you know, progress is a myth, you know, because, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But see, often, often that can be... You know the the uh, interpretation of what actually is getting worse can w- once we get into specific interpretation because for I think for a lot of Christians, you know we had a Christian nation and now we no longer have a Christian nation. Yeah. 
nations can't become Christians. Only individuals can become, you know, people become Christians, right? Yes. A nation is an abstraction. Yeah. So, you know, there's no, there's, it's, I mean, what, what, what people are um, talking about there is Christendom, right? Yes. Christendom, which is, uh, you know, which is Christianity as a, as a worldly political power. Yeah. And uh, it's just, that's not, that wasn't part of the agenda. It yeah. was, it was not ever about that. And Christendom, um, wherever Christendom has appeared, um, you know, let me put it this way, whenever the Christians have picked up the sword of worldly power, mm. uh, they've always had to, you know, put down, to pick up something, they've had to put down something. You know, they've picked up the, the sword of worldly power and they've put down the scepter of heavenly authority in one mm. sense. Yeah. So, uh, so wherever Christendom has been established in those places now, it actually, what we see is that it, in retrospect, it did more damage than good. Yeah. Because because they forfeited the scepter of Christ's authority for uh, a sword of worldly power, okay. and you just can't you can't enforce the kingdom of God. You can't enforce it on people yeah. because God is looking for relationship with people. He's looking for people uh, to respond yes. to Him, yeah. you know, and and you just can't force that just by you know having a Christian rules and Christian laws and a Christian, you know. It doesn't make people. I mean, Old Testament Israel had Christian had had you know good laws, but doesn't mean that people followed them. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, and the, you know, so um, the establishment of Christendom, you know, like for example, you know, in Europe, it was a classic example where you had to get baptized yes. to be a citizen, a, a citizen yeah. of the nation. Those places are now the most non-Christian in the world. Yeah, uh, it slowed them. You know, whereas countries like you know uh, China and and uh, and other countries where it's even been illegal. Uh, actually, we have, and I mean, now the one of the fastest growing churches in the world is in Iran, where it's illegal yeah. to proselytize. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, so that 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 is a great way to bring us back to what really is progress. Yeah. And how? Uh, so my question, my so question, pro, yeah. So progress isn't yeah. establishing Christendom, no. and, and that's the that's, you know, that's where because because okay. a lot of people think we've gone backwards because we're our oh, Christendom is. You know, we used to be a Christian nation. Now, when it was never that was never part of the plan anyway. Like uh, the fact that Christian Christendom has fallen to pieces is actually that that in a way is good for the progress of the gospel. History has shown that. Mm. Um, so, so we're not about establishing Christian nations. Mm. Um, we're, we're about uh, winning people for Jesus, and mm. uh, you know, we're about uh, spreading the gospel of God's love and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, throughout this world to transform the lives of people. God is populating, you know, his His uh, table, as it were. Okay. Personal question, you know, because I know you've got a lot more to say about, you know, thinking around progress and stuff like that, but a personal question to, to, to bring, it, bring it home for us right now. How do, what is a, off the top of your head, what is a test for us listening, for for those of us listening, and and we're weighing up and we're hearing what you're saying about progress, is there some sort of test, some sort of, you know, I don't know what indicator, indicator, like an indicator of what so, that looks like. No, no, indicator of what I personally think progress is, because mm. I think we deceive ourselves. Yeah, I think sometimes I I I you know I've looked back at my life and I was thinking that I was doing the right thing and I was thinking I was working towards yeah. the right thing, but I realized that I was just sucked into what the world was telling me success and progress is all about. Yeah. I think when we get when we get preoccupied with what's happening in the world, I think that is a whether positively or negatively, uh, I think that is a is an indicator of a loss of perspective here. Mm. It's because either you can be preoccupied with, oh, isn't it great? We're making, you know, we're we're winning seats in part. We've got Christians. We, we you know, and and the, you know, of course, we, and I, I want to really put an important qualifier here. We do want to influence, mm. have a positive influence. That you know, uh, that that always you know, in periods of history where where the gospel has genuinely gone, you know, it, it's had a positive influence in the culture. The problem is when it turns into grasping for political power, mm. you know, and often it's because, you know, because of that positive influence, um, you know, that can easily turn into uh, just, uh, you know, 
enforcing that power. So, so either either we get too set on that, or you get this pessimism where, uh, you know, um, oh, oh, oh no, all of these terrible things are happening in the world, and the church. You know, we've got uh, all of this is rigged against the church, and 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 it's. Well, yeah, it always has been. It, it, it always has been. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. but that has never been an obstacle yeah. for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has always spread mm. despite every obstacle. And we're looking at the book of Acts in our mm. in Thrive Deeper podcast. And what we see there is continual opposition and the Holy Spirit continually overcoming opposition in the kingdom yeah. of God spreading. So so I think, um, you know, we, we really need to recognize that the world system is... Uh, let's not get sucked into this idea that uh, that it, uh, of progress because that is problematic, deeply, mm. deeply prog- problematic. Yes, there are elements of of we're becoming more powerful. There are th- great some things that we can do that we couldn't do before. We can do a lot of good with that, and we have done a lot of good with that. But yeah. it's within a broader problematic uh, process of, as I've said, uh, us. Yes. Ultimately, being our own saviors. Now, the you know the, the, uh, this idea of progress has not only been critis- well, not only criticised from a Christian point of view, but there's been quite compelling voices coming out of anthropology and then philosophy uh, critiquing this uh, idea of progress. I mean, there are oh. um, uh, the very famous anthropologist Jared Diamond, uh, who wrote the book, very famous book called Guns, Germs, and Steel. Yes. Um, yeah, he's um, uh, he's made the argument that the the switch from the Paleolithic to the Neolithic, so as soon as people started um, move, and it's interesting because creating cities, yes. amassing populations together, and people did that, of course, because it's about defensive, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's, it's this tower, you know, let's get together, Tower of Babel mm-hmm. scenario there. He identifies that when people started to do that, you get, they, they, they need to create um, sort of mono- uh, what, what's the word? Um, like one major crop, so you get yes. rid of a biodiversity oh, okay. uh, for the sake of one major crop, which mm-hmm. is far less nutrition. You know, nutritional, uh, in, way more work producing it. But of course, you have lots of people. You end up with classes because you got people that work the you know the crops, and you got you know uh, you get hierarchies. You got you know getting. Uh, it, Closed spaces, lots of animals get. He gets, you know, argues that you get the introduction of disease, as we yes. know. The diseases that we know uh, come from, you know, this uh, this Neolithic revolution, and um, and it's very interesting uh, that th- these anthropologists of this ilk uh, are saying that pretty much everything from that point on is corrupt, right? Well, yeah, it's, that's it's, pretty it's, early on. That's yeah, it's early. inherently, wow. it inherently went wrong. Like the whole, so basically what they're saying, and this is the radical thing about this, is that civilization itself is this <laughs> corrupt process of amassing power. Like yeah. it's actually built on this power, you know, amassing power principle. And, um, uh, and it's very interesting to align that with the Bible because from a biblical point of view, you'd have to agree because yeah. because what we see after Adam and Eve, uh, who very much lived off there and, you know, the, the trees in the garden and that yeah. picture you have, that, that they're not having to work the ground by the sweat of their brow. That yeah. actually is the result of the breakdown of human relationships. That yeah. is a result of the fall, right? Yeah. And yeah. so what you have, uh, you know, in the next generation is you have Cain going out and building the first city, yeah. right? And that that kind of, in, in the biblical text, is a signal because that where it's it's the road to Babel, right? Mm. The mm. building of the first city. And so, so in a sense, that stream of anthropology is very much agreeing with, the Bible. In fact, one uh, philosopher that I've quoted from before is a fairly radical uh, philosopher. Well, seen to be very radical because he basically is problematizing civilization wow. uh, as a whole, saying that it's the whole thing is corrupt. You know, in in his uh, writings, he's basically saying the whole thing is inherently corrupt, and and that's seen as radical because, you know, it's like yeah. what we we just can't. It's just difficult for people to want to believe that um so but are, as a christian i'm saying 
Amen. Because that's and the interesting thing is is he is you know I mean he even quoted the Bible as wow. uh, you know I mean he's uh, not a Christian but he's but so you, so you get this stream that is kind of sits beside and in many ways confirms the fact that our concept of progress is problematic. So what what is he? What would a philosopher like him, the guy you just mentioned, John Zazan, yeah? What does he say the solution is? If he's saying civilization yeah. itself and everything from the time they, you know, build a, you know, yeah. a, a big farm is bad. Well, he doesn't, and this is often with this these philosophies. I mean, this is the same with all philosophies, left and right. Yeah. You know that 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 say it's all we're all going the wrong yeah. way. Yeah. Um, they're all right, actually. It's, yeah. it's it's easy to diagnose the problem. Yeah. What where philosophies go wrong is when they start coming up with a solution. So he doesn't have yeah. a solution. So it's, it's like you know, I I agree with many aspects of Karl Marx's critique of capitalism, right? Yes. About the corruption and the you know and the exploitation, and mm-hmm. history shown that's right. But but Marxism is about a solution. And that's where I disagree. It's like, yes. yeah, you've done well diagnosing the problem, but that's not the solution. Yes. You know, again, you know, capitalism, uh, you know, has a sort of diagnosis, a, you know, look, people are basically selfish. And, and so, you know, so, but, uh, you know, we've got to have what, whatever the whatever the solution is. I'm just not, I'm not convinced that that's the solution. Yes. Of course, uh, you know, from a Christian point of view, we said the only solution is... Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God is yeah. the only solution here. So um, I, I mentioned once before um, the philosopher Noam Chomsky in an interview uh, it was mentioned, you know, John Zazan, uh, this other philosopher, uh, was mentioned about problematizing civilization as a whole, you know, <clears throat> it's all fundamentally corrupt. And, and you know, Noam Chomsky was asked, well, what do you think of this? And and he simply said, well, if that's true, we, we, we are without hope. We haven't. There's no hope. <laughs> and, you know, and Chomsky's, you know, he's, he's on the left and, and yeah. you know, looking for ways to solve our problems as well. Mm. Uh, but I, I agreed with that. And, and essentially, as Christians, we are holding to a radical. We're, we're radicals in, in, in the sense that, not, not in the political sense, but spiritually, in that we do think the whole thing is fundamentally corrupt. And it's yeah. not just us that think that. You know, it's the, the, this problem... Um, problematizing of the fundamental elements of civilization, um, from whether it be the Neolithic Revolution and the you know the way that we create civilization, through to the Enlightenment and the the this buffered relation, plenty of philosophical critiques of this buffered relationship mm-hmm. that we have to our environment. Of course, the whole environmental mo- movement is is. Uh, objecting to the way that we have withdrawn and treat everything as objects for yes. our use and the, and the way that we try and exercise power, you know, that Baconian, from Francis Bacon, that Baconian view of knowledge as power and, uh, you know, that that's being recognised as problematic as well. So there are plenty of voices out there con- concurring yeah. with, uh, with this idea that th- th- there's... L- this system that we're in is so deeply imbued with problems and yeah. corruption and the whole enterprise is so fundamentally corrupt um, that, uh, you know, it's, it's not just us saying that, but, uh, but people, again, are going to need to believe that we can solve that problem because you, you can't live without hope. But I'm, you know, I think what we want to say and continually point to is that our only hope is in Jesus Christ. Yeah. If we if we get to the get to the place, Matt, how, or how do we? You and I are on the same page about a few things, uh, mm. but one is the brokenness that, of the world that we yeah. live in. And when I I find myself occasionally very openly talking about the brokenness of all things, including yeah. myself, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and everything like that. I'll, I'll, I'll say this in the way of an example that happened yesterday. This happened yesterday. My middle son, uh, Galvin, was uh, volunteering um, with a group of people uh, of special needs, of special needs people. And, uh, you know, and he's, we, we have some family friends and people that with, with different special needs ranging all sorts of stuff, whether it's a mental disability or a physical mm. dis- disability. And we were driving the car together with a few friends yesterday and he was up for talking about it. Mm. 
and he and he goes he goes you know what I, he said, "This is going to sound horrible, and mm. this is my my son, my mm. son. So he, yeah. you know, he knows how to say something and sound horrible." He's like, I, he goes, "I don't know what God was thinking. Like, what is God?" He goes, "Look, I understand if someone has a physical disability, they're missing a leg or an arm or whatever. Yeah, but these people who are like, you know, who's helping people who are eighteen years old and they can't speak and they can't do this." And he was really asking yeah, some big yeah. questions. He's yeah. like. You know, man, like, you know, and and so a bit of debate yeah. opened up in the car. Yeah. The other boys are talking about it and we're talking about what the Word of God says and talking about a bit, a bit of this. And it was a really interesting conversation because he was really mm. adamant about, uh, you know, really wanting to talk, talk to God about it, get his mm. view. And I said, you know what, this is this is how I finished the, you know, the, the conversation there. I said, this is going to sound really, really weird to, to your young, mm. you know, 14-year-old ears. You know, because we were talking about the concept of once you get to heaven, you can ask God questions, mm. hopefully. You mm. know, that's part of the plan. Mm. <laughs> and we are talking about that. And I said, yeah, but you know what I think? I think that when we get to heaven and 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 God does, you know, does his thing in our, in our lives and we're transformed yeah. and renewed and, and everything like that, this is going to sound bad, boys, but I think you're, we're going to realize how broken we were. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that we, you're looking at this person who, in his, yeah. in, in this is the yeah, words, yeah, yeah. Of, the words of my fourteen-year-old son. This person is so retarded, Dad, that I can't even. I don't know yeah. how. They, and I'm like, we're going to find out that we were so broken and yeah. retarded in relation to what God, yeah, the ultimate yeah, thing right. of yeah. God, yeah. that we won't be asking about that yeah. person. We'll be going, oh my goodness, I, yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. I thought we had had it all together, and it really stopped my boys. Of uh, that, they really stopped and went, yeah. What do you What are you That's saying right. about? Because so, we, you know, we have. Uh, you know, we, we we have nothing to compare this to, but, uh, you know, I mean, you think about Adam as he was created by God. He had authority. Yeah. Um, he was given to rule the earth. He had authority. And yeah. he he did not need, he did not need interventionist, you know, environment controlling science yeah. because he was in a right relationship with his environment. He had, there was a divine authority. We see this in Jesus you know, who who had authority over the elements, uh, and 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 there was this. Uh, he had a relationship with his environment where he was able to function as something like a keystone species. You know, mm. the idea in biology of a keystone species, where it's it, it's that it's the species that sort of holds everything together in yeah. some sense. And and so mankind fulfilled this, and even more than that, really, this sort of um, this. Uh, supervisory authoritative function in, in the world and it wasn't it wasn't he didn't need science he didn't need the you know yeah. he didn't need to treat things like objects and, yeah. and 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 to manipulate things and exercise that kind of power over the elements because he was in a right relationship with the elements as its ruler in in the divine sense yeah. and so there was no need for for, for that uh and I think, I think in a new heavens and a new earth, we will look back, and and see the clunkiness, of you know the clunkiness. Uh, it, it'll be like, it'll be like uh, the difference between walking on my natural legs and uh, having actually artificial, like um, what are they called? Uh, like uh, prosthetics. Yeah, prosthetics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so science, science is a prosthetic. It's that that kind of power hmm. is a prosthetic. That it has replaced authority, divinely given authority. We, we we're living, you know. So yes, is yes, science great? Hey, yay, yay! We can do lots of things with science, yeah. but it's a prosthetic, right? Yeah. Because we cut off our we cut off our own limbs when I we when we lost our authority. How do we? Okay, so my point in telling that story about throwing my child under the bus there, talking about yeah. that and, and and everything like that. My, my question to you in that, in in light of what you've just said is how do we remind ourselves? Because that type of thinking for yeah. some people, especially in the church, is really confrontational. Like, yeah. like no, 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 God has, God has, you know, made me well now and I'm successful and God has given me this and I'm done it. And it's like, and I keep saying, no, I'm, I'm, like I'm broke. Like we're broken. And again, I don't want to say it's despair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just throw your hands up and say, you know, nihilistic. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There's still a lot of beauty and all these great things, and there is a there is progression. As we've yes, said, yes, because of human potential. Yeah, 
we, we get so much beauty and there's so many wonderful things that have naturally come from us, from, you know, from the, you know, art and music and all of these wonderful things. Mm. So, yeah, it's not denying that. Absolutely. So, but how do we remind ourselves that progress is a myth? The worldly concept of progress is a myth. Well, and, and here's where we actually need to inhabit our worldview. I mean, it's so... Um, we get so brainwashed into it's like our minds get drawn this gravitational pull. This is an illustration I used in the last episode. There is this gravitational pull from our secular worldview. It's drawing us in. It's the here and now, here and now, here and now. It's all about that. Whereas the new Testament would, would say this is passing away Fix your hope on what is coming. This is just a blip. This is a blip in an eternity, right? This is like you, you have been dropped off here for a mission. You're going to get picked up in a few days. That, you know, that illustration that I used. Our culture has taught us to, to just focus on the here and now. And, and I think we, we actually have to, can, and, and it does that through all the different media forms and all of the, everything um, confirms this to us in different ways. And we have to, we have to actually be intentional about constantly inhabiting our worldview. We need to be absolutely saturated in Scripture. It's not even enough to... Um, I mean, this is, what, this is what Moses said to the Israelites as they were entering into the land. Don't just, oh, you have a bit of a read every night. No, wear it as symbols on your head. Write it on the door frames. Talk about it when you get up and when you lie down. And it's like absolutely saturate yourself because there's this gravitational pull from the world system. You know, that's going to, it is, it will draw you into itself if you don't do that, right? And, and I think we are, we're so um, complacent in our day and age the way that we we think, oh, yeah, I can, yeah, I sort of know what's true and what's not true. It's not even about that. It's about the resisting the gravitational force, and you have to absolutely and continually saturate yourself in the truth. Otherwise, you're going to get drawn into a lie. And so, uh, it's it's about saturating yourself in God's truth. You know, it's reading scripture. It's about. Uh, inhabiting those sacred spaces that we create spaces of worship and prayer where we, we this is us connecting with the reality of what god is doing it's us getting into the jet stream it's about being sensitive to what god is saying to us every day getting up in the morning say i'm going to serve the kingdom of god because if you don't do that your default setting is that you're going to serve the world system and your own autonomy you know so you have to Every single day, you have to. We have to intentionally lean into this. Otherwise, we're going to go the wrong way. But we we have within our hearts the Spirit of God, who is constantly drawing us upwards and drawing us forwards into something that is absolutely a sure thing. Thanks for listening to Thrive Perspectives. We want to hear from you, so send us your big questions and ideas. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visiting the website ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives really helps us reach more people. So head to ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives. We hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive. was another djp.fm production he said there's no doubt about it it was a myth of fingerprints i've seen them all and man they're all the same